Heavenly Father, we ask that you would send the Holy Spirit to us now so that we would fear to displease you and therefore follow all your precepts and commands. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, this morning we continue our series in the book of Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, and we're up to chapter 4. And we see after Jesus' temptations with the evil one, which is what we've been studying in previous weeks, he now begins his formal ministry, and he begins it in the, t- in the region of Galilee, in the land of Israel, in the region of Galilee, which is in the north of Israel. Jerusalem is in the south. Galilee is in the north. And we see that in verse Verse 12 there in uh, Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 4, it says, When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. So it is in Galilee that he returns, uh, and therefore he is fulfilling a prophecy from Isaiah. There was a prophecy in Isaiah that was given, and you see that in verse 14. It says there, To fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, Land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Uh, Of course, the nation of Israel previously was broken up into 12 tribes, 12 regions, and in the north, the land of the area that is called Galilee during the time of Jesus, was where the tribes of Zebulun and the tribes of Naphtali were. And so there was a prophecy given by Isaiah about this land. And what was the prophecy? That a light would come there. That a light would come there. And we see that in verse 15 and 16, after speaking about the land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, in verse 16, it says, The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. There was this prophecy from Isaiah in the Old Testament, hundreds of years earlier, that a light would come to this region, the region of Galilee, the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. Now, how were the people described that lived in this land of Galilee, in the area of Galilee, in the the land of Israel? Well, they were described as people who were living in darkness and the shadow of death. We see that in verse 16. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. But were the people in that area really living in darkness? Were they really living in the shadow of death? The answer is yes. Why? Well, the area in the north of Israel was the area that was always conquered first whenever anyone wanted to invade Israel. Because, of course, there are other powers in the north. I mean, you did also have Egypt in the south. They would have to come down. If they wanted to get to Jerusalem, they'd come through the north area first. And so it really was a land that lived in the shadow of death because you were never quite sure when a nation would come in with their army and start taking you and putting you to death first before they eventually made it down to Jerusalem. And there are times where even the Assyrians, they were able to make it down. They conquered the land in the north, but they didn't make a conquest in the south. And so it was an area that always lived in the shadow of death. But why darkness? Why is this area described by Isaiah as a land living in darkness? Well, because of the conquests that were often made by foreign nations that would come down in the north, many of the people who actually lived in Galilee weren't Jews. They were Gentiles. They were people who were non-Jews who had come with foreign armies and then settled in those areas. And even there was an attempt made to bring people into those areas from foreign nations and settle them once they'd conquered the area. And so there were many non-Jews living there. And so what would they be living in? Well, they'd be living in darkness. Why darkness? Because they were ignorant of the ways of God. They were Gentiles, as we even see there in verse 15 of Matthew's Gospel. It says, the Galilee of the Gentiles, that these these aren't, there were, of course, Jews still in those regions, but there were many, many Gentiles living in the area as well. And they were living in unbelief, 
and they were living in sin. And we understand again and again the Bible speaks of the ways when people live in sin that they're living in darkness. They're living outside the ways of God. And so this area was a dark area in relationship with God. And it was a land that was often seeing wars and battles fought there. And so it was a land that lived in the shadow of death. But what would happen to this land according to the prophecy? Well, people would see a great light. People would see a great light. And we see that in verse 16. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. What was this light that came? Or should I say, who is this light that would come? Well, Matthew understands. Matthew is a disciple of Jesus. He understands that it was Jesus. As Jesus came into this area ministering, he was the light. He was the fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah so many years ago. And Jesus himself speaks in this way. He says in John chapter 12, verse 46 to people, he says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Jesus came as a light to those who were in darkness. But how did Jesus bring light to a land living in darkness, to a land living in the shadow of death? Well, it's by preaching. He didn't just show up and just live there. No, he actually preached. He proclaimed the truths about God. And we see that in verse 17. After the quote from the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9, we read in verse 17 of Matthew 4, from that time on, Jesus began to preach. He began to preach. And what was it that he preached? Well, we see in verse 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus came preaching about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. The word there, heaven, is uh, used sometimes in replacement for the word God, out of respect for God's name by Matthew. And so he's speaking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Now, how does the kingdom of God, how does preaching about the kingdom of God help people who are ignorant of God? How does it help them who are ignorant in sin and uh, living in sin? How does it help them out of darkness? Well, if you preach about God and his kingdom, of course, they no longer live in ignorance. They know God through the preaching that comes to them in Jesus Christ. And as they hear about, Je as they hear about God, they then come to have faith in God and they come to live righteously. They no longer live in darkness in ignorance, but they no longer live in the darkness of sin either because they start to live according to God's way. And so the light comes and helps them to know God, but also to know everything in this world, to understand who they are and who the people around them are and what creation is there for, that the light comes and reveals who Jesus is and who God is, but everything else. There's a famous quote from C.S. Lewis, and he says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. When the light dawns about God, we then understand him, but also everything else. Everything else clicks into place, and we understand who we are, who everybody else is on the planet, their purpose, where they've come from, where they're going, and also even the rest of creation around us. And so as Jesus comes to this area, to people who are ignorant of God, he is a great light dawning upon them as he reveals the kingdom of God to them. But how else does preaching about the kingdom of God help these people? Well, how else were they described? They were described as people who were living in the shadow of death. 
How does preaching about the kingdom help such people? Well, as they enter the kingdom of heaven, as they enter the kingdom of God, as Jesus preaches to them, they have eternal life. And so they no longer live in the shadow of death. They have eternal life. And even if they die, they will be raised to life again. But how do people enter this kingdom? Jesus preaches about the kingdom of heaven. He preaches about God and how citizens are part of the kingdom of heaven and have eternal life. How can they enter that kingdom and have light shine upon them and have eternal life? Well, Jesus says how in verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. How do people enter the kingdom? Well, it's by repenting of their sins. What is repentance? Well, the Greek word is just a change of mind, to have a change of mind, to go from going one way to a different way. And in this case, it's to turn from darkness to light, from unbelief in God to belief in God, from wrong to right. This is how you enter the kingdom of God, is to turn from the way that you were going previously without God to going away with God and living according to his ways. Now, that is the people of so long ago in the land of Zebulun, in the land of Naphtali, the land of Galilee. How is this helpful for us to look at today? Well, many still live in darkness. Many still live in darkness and many still live in the shadow of death. Many live in ignorance of God. They live in ignorance of God and thus they live in unbelief and in sin. They are living in darkness as the people were living so many years ago in Galilee. And everyone lives under the shadow of death. They live under the shadow of death. Death hovers over everyone. From the smallest of infants, even the infant within the womb, death is hovering over that person. They live in the shadow of death. To the oldest of people, the oldest man and woman, they are living in the shadow of death. People may try to fight and get outside the shadow of death, but the shadow of death is always there over everyone. Everyone is fragile in this world, from the smallest to the oldest. We're all one breath away from death. One of my children commented that to me a few months ago. He said, do you realise every two minutes, if you don't breathe, you die, Dad? If you stop breathing, two minutes later, you're dead. And I said, yeah, that's very perceptive. So make sure you keep breathing. (laughs) But it's true. We all live in the shadow of death. And so therefore, it is helpful for us as we recognise that we, there are many people in this world living in darkness and the shadow of death and we live in that shadow of death as well. But thankfully, a great light continues to be seen and dawn upon people. A great light has come in the past and it still comes today. What light is that? Well, it's Jesus Christ. But how does Jesus do that? Well, it's not by dwelling here today on earth. We don't get to hear Jesus preach, as wonderful as that would be, to hear him preach himself. He does not dwell on earth as he did at the time of Matthew. Well, how then does Jesus dawn upon people living in darkness and the shadow of death today? Well, Jesus still lives on earth by dwelling in his people through the Holy Spirit. And so Christians can bring light. Jesus can dawn through them on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. How? By doing the same thing that Jesus did so many years ago. How did Jesus dawn upon people? It was by preaching the kingdom of heaven, by preaching the kingdom of God. And so his people, alive today, still preach that message and therefore Christ shines on them. 
They preach that entrance into the kingdom of God is possible, still today, as it was possible so many years ago. How does preaching help? How does preaching the kingdom of God help people living in darkness and the shadow of death? Well, as they hear about Jesus through the Christian, as Christ speaks through them by the power of the Holy Spirit, they hear about God. And so they no longer live in ignorance of God. They no longer live in their sins, but they understand who God is. They believe in him and start to live according to his ways. And as they hear the preaching of the kingdom of God from God's people, they also come out of the shadow of death. They come out of the shadow of death and have eternal life. Because as they come into the kingdom of God, they receive eternal life in Christ's name. But how can people enter into the kingdom of God? Well, it's the same way that Jesus proclaimed in the past. Repent. Repent. By people repenting of their sin, people can enter the kingdom of God and they come out of the darkness and they come out of the shadow of death. A helpful illustration may be that all of humanity, it's like they're trapped in a labyrinth of caves. And what is the result of being stuck in a cavernous system? Well, it's darkness and eventual death. If you get stuck in caves, deep in a rock, a rocky system, in the heart of the earth, eventually any light that you have will be extinguished and you will experience death. But what has happened? to all of humanity, as they, uh, it's like they're stuck in a labyrinth of caves. Well, at the only exit to the caves, a great light has dawned. The sun has risen at the only entrance to that labyrinth of caves. And what is the result? Well, in many parts of the labyrinth of caves, the light doesn't penetrate. There is no light. Many people do not see the light that is there because of where they are in the labyrinth. But what else is the result? Well, in many parts of the caves little glimmers of light come down from that sun that is shining at the exit. They come filtering down. And how do the glimmers of light come to people who are living in darkness and the shadow of death? Well, it says Christians come proclaiming the kingdom of God. And what happens? Well, some living in darkness and the shadow of death, they see that light. And what do they want to do? They want to follow the light that is coming into their dark cave. They want to follow it to the exit. They've seen that there is light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. And they want to follow it. They turn, they repent, it's a biblical word, they turn from where they are in the cave and follow the light. And what is the result? Well, eventually they come out into the sunshine with great joy. They bask in that sunshine as they exit the cave. Now that may be happening to you even now, as you sit here this morning. You may be someone who has lived your whole life in darkness and the shadow of death. But what is happening? Well, a glimmer of light this morning from the great light that is Jesus Christ has come to you now. How so? Well, I am that glimmer of light. I'm not the light itself. I am a glimmer of that light as a Christian, a beam of light from the great sun. Sometimes I may be a bit brighter than others, but this morning, hopefully, I'm coming to you as a beam of light from Christ himself as I speak the words that he spoke so many years ago. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And if you follow my pale glow of Christ Jesus, which stems from Christ, what will happen? You will meet Christ. You'll meet Christ. And what will happen on the way? Well, you'll probably follow other beams of light streaming from Jesus as well. How so? Well, 
as you listen to me now and then spend time with other Christians and meet other Christians in this world, they are all other glimmers of light. And as you read books written by Christians explaining the scriptures, it's like more and more light coming into your cave. At first it may have just been a little glimmer, but multiple glimmers start to come through and the light gets stronger and stronger. And as you follow all the beams, you become increasingly certain that salvation is in this direction, that there is a way to exit the cave that you are in until what happens? Well, you exit that cave and come into the light, come into the light for all eternity. Why? Because you meet Jesus by repentance and you no longer live in darkness, the darkness of ignorance, the darkness of sin, and you have eternal life. You no longer live in the shadow of death, but you join Christians who live in the shadow of life. Yes, of course, as Christians, we still die a physical death, but we know that we'll be raised again and live with Christ in heaven itself. And so there's the shadow of death, the sting of death is removed, and we have that shadow of life over us instead. So my question for you this morning is, have you seen the light? Has it penetrated into your cave? Have you recognised that you are living in darkness and the shadow of death? That you don't know the God who made you? And you will one day die in that ignorance if nothing else changes. Have you recognised this morning that there's a light shining in your darkness, even this morning from me at least? Maybe from other Christians in the past, but even this morning I'm a glimmer of light before you. And are you therefore willing to repent? Repent and follow the light beam to the source, the sun itself, Jesus Christ. Are you willing to follow the light that is being given now to Christ himself, to meet Christ Jesus? Sadly, many people are content to sit in darkness and not follow the light. Is that you? I encourage you, don't ignore the light. Follow the light that has dawned on your heart even this morning as we've read the scriptures, as Christ has spoken through his word. Follow the light. Why follow it? Well, if you ignore the light that is given to you now and you remain in your cave, you will remain in darkness and sin. And one day, you will be placed in eternal hell. Jesus says that worthless servants in Matthew 25 will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jude, the brother of Jesus, says of evildoers that they are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame, wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. You may be in darkness now, but it's nothing compared to the darkness that is to come. A darkness that is physical, a darkness that is spiritual for all eternity. If that is you, I encourage you, obey Jesus who says, put your trust in the light while you have it so that you may become sons of light. Put your trust in Christ Jesus. Ask for forgiveness of sins. Ask for eternal life. Ask for knowledge of him. And therefore become a son of the light and know that you have eternal life in Christ. But if you are a Christian and you're here this morning... Let us rejoice in the light that we have from God. Why? Well, we must never forget that apart from God's grace, we would be still in darkness and in the shadow of death. But what happened? Christ happened. Christ shone into our hearts. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. God 
made his light shine into our hearts. All different means, whether the scriptures, whether a preacher, whether other Christians talking to us about the Lord Jesus, God was over it all. It wasn't us. And so therefore we cannot be proud. It is God who has revealed this light to us. And what happened if we are Christians? Well, we were brought out of ignorance and unbelief, brought out of our life of sin by the Holy Spirit as the light shone into us. And what's the result? Well, we no longer live in the shadow of death. We did, but we don't anymore. Instead, we live in the shadow of eternal life. So if you're a Christian, rejoice with me. Let us always remember to rejoice and thank God every day for his grace to us, his grace to us in Christ Jesus, the light of the world. But let's not just rejoice and thank God. But let us also bring that same joy of the knowledge of God and the eternal life that we have in Christ Jesus to others. How? By being the light of Christ and dawning on those living in darkness and the shadow of death. How so? By proclaiming the kingdom of God is near and calling people to repent. That is what we're called to do, even over in the Sermon on the Mount. We're told in verse 14, chapter 5 of Matthew's Gospel, you are the light of the world. Now, we are not the light of the world in the way that Jesus is the light of the world, but in him we are. And as we proclaim that the kingdom of God is near and call people to repent, we are little glimmers of Christ, little glimmers of light in this world. And why should we do it? Well, the faintest glimmer of light is enough for someone in deep darkness to find their way to Jesus. The first house that Jill and I lived in when we got married had an enclosed hallway and it had no windows in it and it had no skylight. It was all right during the day when you had the lights on. But at night, if you got up to go to the bathroom down the hallway, it was pitch black. It was very, very dark. And if you did that, you were liable to walk into a wall instead of into the entranceway to the toilet. But what was in that hallway? There was a smoke alarm on the roof. And on that smoke alarm, there was the tiniest little green light, a little indicator light as to whether the battery was still working or whether it needed to be replaced. Now, through the day, you wouldn't notice that light at all, unless you were looking for it and looking at whether the smoke alarm battery needed to be replaced. But at night, when there was no surrounding light, that tiny little green light actually illuminated the hallway. And so you could see enough to make it to where you wanted to go. Now, how is that helpful for us? Well, we all know that small lights can be extremely helpful in great darkness. And we all know, as Christians, what it feels like to think that we couldn't guide anyone to Christ Jesus. Who are we to help someone to know Jesus Christ? Who are we compared to the great preachers, those who can really share Jesus Christ and have been doing it for years, have great experience and, and know all the answers and have prepared sermons that they preached again and again and are so powerful? Who are we compared to the great theologians who know the Bible so well, to the great apologists who can give every answer to any question that people ask about science or about the scriptures and the reliability of the Bible? Who are we to to try and guide someone to Christ like they can. Well, if someone is in deep darkness, if there is great darkness, even the smallest of lights 
can help them. Those small lights become exceedingly bright in deep darkness. Some caves that people live in, there are no Christians at all shedding light into their cave. They have no one around them. They live in darkness, they live in ignorance of God, and they live in the shadow of death. And there is no one there to shed light into their lives. Maybe it's in your family. There are people who have no other Christians in their lives. Or in your workplace. You're the only Christian in your workplace. Now, if you speak to such a person about Christ Jesus, you may guide them to Christ because you become exceedingly bright in their life. You are the only light that they can see. And though faint, you can guide them to Christ Jesus. Now, they may ignore the light, as many people do, As you talk to them about Christ and the need for repentance and the way to enter eternal life is by trusting in Christ Jesus, many may ignore you, but many may be sick of the darkness. They want to know God. They want to know the the God who made them. And they want to escape death. They want to get out of the shadow of death, the valley of the shadow of death, they want to get out of it. And if you speak to them about Christ and the way to escape the valley of the shadow of death, and you speak to them of the way to escape the darkness that they live in before God, they may end up kissing your feet because you came to them and you spoke to them something that no one else would speak. I don't mean literally kiss your feet, but they may claim, they may cry. What we see in Romans 10, quoted from the Old Testament, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. If you are hungering for good news, you love the feet of the person who brings that good news. And so you may feel inadequate in sharing the light of Christ Jesus. But if someone is living in great darkness, you can be one who they will claim has beautiful feet because you brought them out of darkness and you brought them out of the shadow of death into eternal life. So let us as Christians all rejoice in the light that Jesus Christ came so many years ago and he has come to us today, that he has brought light into our lives as well. And let us thank God that that light has led us to have eternal life, that we no longer live in darkness. We live in the light, and we no longer live in the shadow of death, but we live in the shadow of eternal life. And let us also, by the Spirit, be glimmering lights for people who live in darkness and the shadow of death still. In their cave, we may be the only glimmer of light, the glimmer of the sunshine that is at their only exit to the caves. So let's not hide the light that we have so that they too can live in the light, come out of the darkness and come out of death and have eternal life in Christ Jesus. Let us come to him in prayer. Let us come to our God now in prayer. Lord Jesus, we praise you as the great light who gives knowledge and light to all men. O Lord, we confess that we once lived in ignorant darkness, but we rejoice now And thank you for dawning on us so that we would know you and have eternal life in your light by repentance. 
Oh Lord, we ask though that if anyone here this morning is still in darkness, may you shine into their hearts now so that they live in your light and they live in your life, the eternal life that you give. And Lord, we ask that we would also regularly share the good news so that people would claim and cry out how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news and be speaking of our feet because we have come to shed light in their darkness. And we pray this all in your name. Amen.